The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's the Paternity Test. This week, Water Fountain Forehead Punch. How to fail at golf. Babies not in car seats. And Confederate whale sharks. And now, the three fathers who invented the dad bod meme. Here are the dads. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And I'm Dave Engel in upstate New York. Welcome to the podcast that can't wait to read the new Dr. Seuss book where the Lorax turns out to be a racist. Have you heard about the new Dr. Seuss? I saw that there's a new one coming out, but he's been dead for quite a while, right? Yeah, and I so guess uh, his wife died and she was holding on to the, to the reins pretty hard. Yeah. And she died a few years ago, but somehow they've swept up this manuscript. And it's a, I don't know if it's a prequel or a sequel, but it's a companion piece to One Fish, Two Fish. It's got that brother and sister. Uh And they go to a clan meeting, and Atticus Finch is there. (laughs) Uh, No, they they make a decision about buying a pet. That's the bottom line. One fish, two fish, I hate you fish. (laughs) (laughs) The question is, why did he not publish it? If it was largely done. It must be because he did not like it. Right. Right. So if he didn't like it, we shouldn't get to read it. I haven't read the whole thing. I don't know what pet they get, but there's a weird thing where an omniscient voice keeps popping in every few pages and says, make up your mind. Because they can't decide which pet to get. And it's desperately creepy. Well, it's already number one on Amazon. God damn Amazon. So it's out? It is out. So you can get it right now. I I I don't know how much it's going to cost you, but... This is the new normal, right? I mean, back when Shakespeare is around, you know, there's no Cardenio. Cardenio is his lost piece of work, right? There is no Cardenio. They're never going to find it. They say they found it. Eh, they can't prove they found it. They really don't know too much about it. And you don't find s- stuff just sitting around by Gershwin, right? I'm assuming. But now we live in an age where there's lawyers and there's safes. And there were typewriters, and there's copy machines, and now there's disk drives. And there's not a fire every and second. And there's not a Before fire 1900, From the dawn second. of time to 1900, everything was made of wood, and there was a fire every second. Right. And artists, when once they publish something, they're rich and famous. By the way, writers were never famous and made money until, you know, really Jack London came around and Mark Twain. So now you have these people who, if they just hoard everything, they just keep everything Everything they ever make is going to is gonna be out there. Look at the Beatles, for crying out loud. We've got recordings of them from the 50s. Yeah, and we're still, <laughs> like, finding new, like, Paul McCartney's, like, looking through a drawer right now to see if there's a, you know, Anything some, some kind sell. of reel-to-reel yeah. of him burping in 1968. <laughs> right. So this is the new norm. Unlike the Harper Lee book, this one is a, this one is getting very positive reviews on Amazon and oh, uh, good. people say it's a must read. So I guess maybe they'll start out. giving that out of graduations instead of the other one. Mm-hmm. God, every ant in the world has the same idea. Oh, the places you'll go. Oh my I God. I have, I have three copies of that, that I got at graduation. 
Craig Caldwell got me one of those. Throw it over your shoulder into the pile of other places you go that are <laughs> sitting behind you. <laughs> Thanks, Aunt Norma. Right, and then just chuck it on the pile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tomorrow I'm going to take all these and all my cross pen sets and bring them to the I will sell this on eBay store. Just use it to you set a fire and keep you warm when you're broke. <laughs> that theater degree you've got. And now it's time for How to Feed Your Kids. This week, How to Feed Your Kids Water. I feel like a very bad dad. One, for the thing that I let happen, and two, mm-hmm. for the subsequent feelings that I had about it. I was in the park the other day with Viva. We had her and a little toddler, a frozen camp. Go okay. on. Okay, there's such a thing? They're all frozen it's camps a day now. camp? It's What's a day a frozen camp? camp? They put you in a block of ice and they thaw you out when your parents get there. They show okay. you a David Blaine video. A David Blaine. <laughs> everything's been branded frozen because sure. more kids sign up Just, for it. If yeah. it's oh, the push show. numbers. Okay. Yes. You know, we brought her to the Hippy Dippy co-op camps that were quite expensive and quite wonderful. And then a friend of ours called and said, hey, Viva's little friend is going to be in this camp that's frozen. Well, Viva loves her little friend, and she loves frozen. So we put her in this park district camp that I have oh. to say was uh, yeah. advanced depoting. You know, it was, it was okay. like toddler yeah, jail yeah, yeah, yeah. with You're, some right. crafts. <laughs> you know? And just frozen activities every day. Just the, the crafts, where crafts. The crafts involved frozen. I think like Elsa and Anna up, showed up. Which Olaf just like showed up. Two park district workers. In the costume they rented or something. Yeah, and it was Park District, so it was kind of high school kids. You know, oh, it wasn't yeah. like some of the camps you sign up for, it's like people with master's degrees in summer camp. And then sometimes. <laughs> I want to know where you get a master's degree in summer camp. That's the best. <laughs> I got my degree in summer camp at the school of summer camp hard knocks. I think theater's a terrible degree. So we, after the camp's over, yeah. we're playing in the park. And that's the thing with camps. They're usually near a park. They're in a park, usually. Right. You pick the kid yeah. up, and then they don't want to leave. They want to play in the park. And so we're playing in the park, and she says, Daddy, I want to go get a drink out of the water fountain. So I think, great. I get to check my texts. <laughs> and scram, will you? I look up, and the water fountain is blocked. Aww. And it's so it's stagnant. It's full of water that's been sitting there for days. It and it's also full of filth. It's got, like, mold <laughs> and sand and gravel in it and she walks over and she's gonna take a drink she pushes the button and no water comes out oh. and i'm 15 feet away yeah and she goes to put her mouth on the metal tub like on the yeah. bowl just... to drink the stagnant water That's the best out of the bowl yes yeah this is all happening in slow motion i'm running across no across the park god made dirt so she dirt knows what she hurt. wants yeah I took the palm of my hand, and I put the heel of my hand against her forehead, and I just pushed her backwards like the uh. Philadelphia story. <laughs> How did she react to that? Poorly. I mean, I didn't hit her in the head. It was a push. It was definitely a push, yeah. but it, it yeah. freaked her out, yeah, and I don't think I made it. Oh, like, sure. I've run it back in my head more times yeah. than when I had to choose which kid was going to go to the death camp. And I pushed All you did her was back. make her swallow it faster. I probably did. I knocked her head back, and she swallowed I think she Maybe swallowed Maybe that's better, because then it didn't, like, stay in there, you know, the... The bacteria didn't stay in there long enough to... So it might give her gut cancer, but it won't give her mouth cancer. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Well, the stomach acid has a fighting chance, where yeah, it's just in your true. mouth, you're just already growing meningitis. Does she have cold sores yet? I won't... I don't want to go close to enough to her to find out. You got to open her mouth and just see... Well, she cried because I pushed her. Sure. But I said, sweetie, look look in the one. I lifted her up, and I showed her the tadpoles and the, you know, the, the sure. hawkers and the cigarette butts that were floating around in this yeah. thing. And she cried and cried, and I said, you just can't drink that. And she said... Nora and I do it all the time. No! Yeah. <laughs> and toddlers are fairly unreliable narrators, kind of like right. Harper Lee's lawyers. Yeah, all the time means 
I've done it once before. Like that can right. be all the time. Two right. Days. Yeah. Yesterday is six months ago. Yeah. Right. You've never done anything all the time. You exactly. were born five seconds ago. <laughs> I've been coming here for years. Yeah. So, and that might have just meant she had a regular drink out of the water fountain. Yeah. A, a week prior. We drink out of the fountain all the time. Yeah. But she acted like she drinks the cigarette. But yeah, they look. Well, they, they go fountain to fountain. Looking. Park district, yeah. which means they may just send her over there to scoop water out of that bowl every day. <laughs> yeah, you, that's when the you're official, not around. That's the official day camp frozen water fountain. Mm-hmm. They they taped a little picture of. Queen Elsa on it, and you just get to go drink out of it. <laughs> go drink that filth water or just go dry. Your choice. Well, at least you know that if, if Viva does not get sick from this, she's ready to go for the Rio de Janeiro Olympics, where they just found that all the water where they'll be competing is filled with human waste and sewage. And what? people that are there training are getting violently ill if they touch the water that they're going to be in, like where the rowing and sailing competitions are going to be. But what is wrong with it. people? Because there's too many people in Rio de Janeiro. So yeah. they said that everything is feces. The houses there's are sewage built on gets, feces. The, the sewage gets pumped right into right. The, it comes out the, of your tap. Fresh water. You yeah. hold a glass out and you turn on the tap. Feces comes out, goes right yeah. in your glass. <laughs> What's terrifying is it wasn't until I think it was the late 86 or 89 that they stopped dumping sewage into the East River and the Hudson from Manhattan. Do people go into the East River now? Like, do people, like, jump off their boat and take a dip and then get back on their boat? When I used to live up in Harlem, I I know that that was a thing. And fishing, which makes no sense. There's little kayak things you can hire. Yeah. You can can flip a little canoe around and drink some... 80s raw sewage. Right. Which, but there's really, really the... no place. There's no place to jump in really on the, in the East River. I mean, in the East River is treacherous. Mm-hmm. Um, all sorts of undercurrents, and it really just opens up into the ocean. So if your kid did jump into the East River, they'd be in Ireland by <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday. If you're jumping in, you mean business. If you're yeah. jumping in, you're pulling a Spalding Gray. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. So this is this is the point. So yeah. did you uh, tell your wife about the filthy drinking water? I waited a full ten days before I told my wife. Wow. Like I waited until no symptoms. Make sure, appeared. yeah. You, it's like you, right. yeah. You had her in quarantine, and you're, in your mind, she was in quarantine. Yep. You're keeping an eye well, out. Well, that's what I feel at... badly about. Like I wouldn't let her kiss me. That if Aww. she went to kiss me, I'd turn my head and pretend I saw something exciting off in the corner. It's yeah. like when you find out that your girlfriend dated some guy you think is gross, and yeah. you start to freak out about it for a week. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't know what she's got on her. It also sounds like when you're about to break up with your girlfriend. <laughs> Hey folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? Do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. Just type in what you're looking for. It'll open up an Amazon window. You'll buy what you were going to buy. You don't have to pay anything extra. You don't have to sign up for anything. And Amazon knows you came through our website and sends us some of their profits. And we use that to keep this show on the air. What have we bought on Amazon this week, gentlemen? Well, I had to buy a woman's right-handed driver golf club on Amazon recently to... Oh, that's right. Your uh, girlfriend is right-handed. We were on vacation last week, and we were at a, we stayed very close to a golf course, and so I usually golf once or twice. And Alex has been bringing up for at least a year now that he'd like to give golf a try. And I said, well, they have a driving range there. We'll go get a bucket of balls. My sister-in-law was also there with her clubs because her and her, her boyfriend go golfing with us as well. So she said, well, have Alex use my clubs. He's about my height, so they'll be the right size. You know, my clubs would be too long for him. And ladies' clubs are just shorter, right? They're it's not like Rebel. Yeah. They're not pink and purple. Yeah, no. I mean, they're, they're normal clubs. Here's what I said. I, I, I never should have said this. I said, if, if you do well 
you know, if you're able to kind of strike the ball on a consistent basis, this is a nine hole course. We'll we'll go we'll go real golfing, right? So he was amped up. He thought he was he was looking beyond the driving range and thinking about going golfing with his old man, which you know I was I was kind of looking forward to it myself. So we go and you know one thing I don't realize about golf, I'm not very good at it, but I just feel like I always been able to hit a golf ball because I don't know my dad golfed a lot and so he would take me to the driving range with him and while he's hitting golf balls for real he would just let me run around and I'd have my own little club and I'd hit some golf balls but I never got instructed and so I just kind of figured Alex is an athlete he's a a good baseball player he's a he's an all-around athlete he'll be able to hit a golf ball all right so the I start him off with it with like an iron like a middle iron I don't want to hit the driver right away it's immediately a disaster like he's whiffing he can't get the because it's such a there's so many moving parts in a golf swing and you know and it's a tiny ball it's a club that you're by the time you get the club all the way back up over your head like you're in your backswing by the time you get it back to where the ball is you're nowhere you know you can't return to the place where you start that's the problem and he just was not doing it and you know so he's throwing divots and he's he's hitting some divots or he's just topping the ball and it's going eight or ten feet in front or he's whiffing all together lots of lots of complete whiffs did he throw any golf clubs and hit, hit an old he, lady? He didn't. He pull didn't. a Judge Smales at any point. I should have teed up every ball so that, it, that he didn't have a chance to turf it. He had a better chance to hit it. But anyway, he made a few good contacts, but he was getting very frustrated. But So I let him work his whip to the driver because I wanted him to get a ball. I wanted to start teeing the ball up for him, so I give him the driver. And he hits a couple, but he doesn't really turf the club like where you go back to swing and the club just completely buries in the dirt. That's always a good feeling that, that runs up the club and into yeah, your arms, exactly. too. You know, you feel it between your shoulder blades. He didn't do that, but he did he <laughs> He whiffed a couple. He topped a couple. So he's frustrated. I'm getting a little frustrated because I don't know how to how to teach him. And we really what I should have just said was do whatever you want. Just have fun. Like, this is how you you just do it. And then we're not going to go golf today because you've just – the first time you've ever swung a club. You're not you let me down. Right. Well, not like – yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. You don't deserve but it. But he can't say that, but he did. Can't I told that, you you right? drive that thing 100 yards, and then I'll take you golfing. Exactly. Clearly you can't, so we're not going golf. That's okay. It's not a big deal. You can't do it. You can't do it. So I'm I, saying I'm not I'm upset, I'm not, but you failed. <laughs> you know, so we're not going. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. So he he kind of like toes toes a ball off, a ball off to the side. It goes twenty thirty yards, whatever. <laughs> and then he gambling so, is illegal in Bushwood, sir, and, <laughs> and I, I never, never slice. slice. <laughs> so he he picks the he picks the club up and comes back to pick up to get another golf ball. And so he's got the club head kind of in the air. And as he's walking back to get a golf ball, using my sister-in-law's driver, <laughs> the head of the club completely falls off. <laughs> Just like bloop on the ground. And Alex looks at me. His eyes get watery. His lip quivering. He knows that this is not. Like not, it's not it's like not supposed oh, to do that. Not part yeah. of the game. It's not. Yeah, it's not like oh, just snap it back on. Like no, this is bad. <laughs> and I felt I felt terrible for him. And I just had to. I'm like, hey, no big deal. Don't get upset. And he was like, "But dad, it's, but it's it's broken. Like it's a big deal. Like he knew it was a big deal. Like this is yeah." So he wanted to kind of quit. And I'm like, "Well, don't no. Here, let's let's hit a few more balls." Right. After that point, I'm like, "Here, use my clubs." So we got back to the resort, and I tell my sister in law. She was very nice about it because she knew, and I let her. And I'm like, "Alex was very upset. So like, be cool." You know, we'll take care of it. If you got to hit somebody, hit me. Just take your ring off. Here you go. Free punch. Yeah, free punch. So I had to go on Amazon, and I was very lucky. Actually, I found a very nice driver, similar to her original one, but better. The next model up for a good price. So now she's back in the action. But I think Alex might be... Done with golf. Well, that's for a, a while. question. She can. She's got a brand new driver out of it. So yeah. she got a hell of a deal. She got frankly. a hell of a deal. Alex is scarred for life when it comes to golf. 
So I, what I need to do is take him to a regular old fun center driving range where you hit everything off a rubber tee and just let him get used to hitting a golf ball on his own, not coaching from me. Just say, just do whatever you want. If you hit it, you hit it. If you don't, you don't. Some, if he really wants to do it, if he starts to enjoy it, find some group lessons, you know, where he can get some real instruction. Because I realize I may be able to be his baseball coach, but there's no way I could be his golf coach. Because I can't even teach myself golf. I don't know how to golf, so how can I teach him how to golf? That would be the ultimate mission impossible right there. So you won't be Tiger Woods' dad, is what you're saying. Even at some point, Tiger Woods' dad said, why would I coach you when you're better than I am? If you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. Healing Mom says, wonderful group of fathers with a great sense of humor. Best podcast out there. You know you want it, writes, I love this show. Three dads shooting the poop over Skype doesn't sound very interesting, but the chemistry between them makes for top-notch content. Thanks, everybody, and keep those reviews coming. We do have great chemistry. That's what I said on Match. You've arrived at the International Terminal, where we compare our parenting to parenting in other time zones. So my wife and I have traveled extensively across this great big world. It's actually not true. We've gone to a couple countries, and uh, Italy is one of them. We, we seem to go back there. One of the things about traveling is everything seems quaint. You'll see a guy digging a ditch. There's something romantic <laughs> about it. Yeah. Like, Even though he didn't finish secondary school, and it, it almost he's makes an alcoholic, you, and yeah, his, his wife hates him. It almost makes you wish that you could dig ditches. Like, right. I wish man. I was better with a shovel. One of the things that we saw a lot over there and I don't know if it's just the Italians, but it seems pretty prevalent, is the lack of car seats. Now, we, we traveled by road a lot. We'd, we'd rent cars and stuff and just pray for the best because neither of us speak Italian. And everyone over there drives Fiats. They drive those little yeah, all cars that cars. Uh, all Americans think are brand new. Fiat's been around since the dawn of the automobile. And cars would pass us. And there'd be a baby in the front seat in the arms of the mother, or there would be a kid climbing all over the back seat or both. And on many occasions, we would see kids in Rome or in Milan or on this little island where we stayed called Ischia. These parents, they'd be on their mopeds, on their scooters, and there would be a three-year-old or a five-year-old sitting in that little foot space in the middle of the moped. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. And it struck me today because lately I've seen a handful of people with their children not in car seats. I saw one in a Suburban about a week ago, and this guy was sitting in the back seat of the Suburban with the window down, holding what looked to be maybe maybe a five-month-old. You're kidding. Moving? No. Like you looked out your window and you saw this? I looked out my window to see his window rolled down. He wasn't even hiding it. The best part was he had tinted glass, and the tinted glass was rolled down, and he had this baby. Where were you? In the Ozarks? Were you at a gathering <laughs> of the Juggalos? Where were you? I was, I was 10 miles from my house in the suburbs. So I see that, and then I see... I have see to agree with you there. I do a, see a lot of other... I, I do see a lot of lack of car seat usage around... Even around here, we're driving to a parking lot of Target or a Kohl's, and you see a kid that's just not in a car seat at all. Like, a little kid. There's so you know. many cops, though. I think you wouldn't get two feet before you get... You would most certainly think you would be pulled over. Yeah. I mean, if they're pulling you over for 
improper lane usage or going 35 and a 25, mm-hmm. they should definitely be handcuffing people for letting their kids crawl in the back seat. Absolutely. Um, I get scared when, you know, I, we have one garage parking spot in the city and then I have to park on the street. So sometimes I, I had to move my car the other day because I had it in a spot mm-hmm. that became a meter spot at 8 a.m. or something. And I took the baby and I went outside with her and I let her as as like a exciting, fun yeah. thing sit in the passenger seat while I move the car literally two car lengths down the street. I moved the car two car lengths and I yeah. put her in the front passenger seat and I sweated the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, there's going to be a helicopter. It's going to land right in front of me and they're going to get out and give me a ticket. I'm going to get a robot ticket in the mail for child endangerment and she couldn't it, i might as well have taken her to disney world she thought it was the oh. greatest thing that ever happened to her wait till you let her sit on your lap and hold the steering wheel to go like oh i don't think she feet. could handle it she was vibrating she was so excited to be the front <laughs> by the her the steering wheel i'd have to wipe her brains off the windshield <laughs> i'd be so excited now do you ever see yourself as the kind of person who would say something to somebody who didn't have their child in a car seat say you were in a parking lot and you saw you were walking your car, and there was someone holding a baby in their lap or something like that. Would you ever say anything? Or? I am the kind of person who would do that, but that person is 10 years past when they would do that. Like, I would have mm-hmm. 10 years ago, but I feel like I have too much to lose. I feel like I'm always aware that someone out there has a gun or a baseball bat, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. You never know who it is. Like, and I, So I, I generally don't shout out my own values mm-hmm. at other people anymore and you also do, you're you're you don't get as upset as you or you no, don't get it, i you, don't get as upset well, and I, I look you didn't get I, upset when you saw that in europe but it pisses you off over here oh i thought it was beautiful and libertarian <laughs> and you know and we should European. be more like the italians yeah and then i see it here Quaint. and i i want to throw my milkshake at the we car we feel that way about everything in in europe though right yeah like yeah. if you see somebody smoking weed here you're like you're a scumbag you see it over there you're like oh they're so enlightened and free thinkers right <laughs> casual racism right. Mm-hmm. If somebody leans forward here and says, hey, colored guy walks into a bar, you're like, you, sir, are abominable. But over there, you know, if a Frenchman is like, oh, the Africans, they must live over there. You're like, oh, oh the charming think, casual yeah, racism. It, it, Smoking. Ro- oh, how continental. Ro- over here, you're yeah. like, cancer sticks. I don't know why that is. I guess it's just because we've come from the past couple generations that spent their whole lives trying to save to go to Europe. We think Europe is some castle on a, a hill, right? Somewhere. A magical bucket list thing, not a place where just a bunch of other people live. Yeah. Where just a bunch of other people live. By the way, the last couple of generations, my grandparents' generation, what they saved their whole lives to go back to the place where they saw their friends shot to death. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, but they all did it. My grandparents, three years before they died, they took a huge European vacation back to where my grandfather fought. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you know what? Before the war, they were alive for plenty of time before the war, and it was a charming place before then. You don't get anybody from the Pacific Theater saving up to go to Okinawa, you know? No, I guess the other thing, though, is my family came from Germany, I think in the teens or 20s. It's not like they wanted to go back because they'd heard about this place and thought it was so awesome. They left for a reason. <laughs> it is highly romanticized, and yeah. I think for good reason, because, God, Europe's amazing. Uh, it really so- is. Just the way, you know, it, you, you change a street sign, and the world looks different. Back to the car seats for a second. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm definitely not the kind of parent that you get mad at, but I feel like we did get lax with our car seat. No. Um, not in terms of not using one, but I think we might have progressed our children through the car seat stages too fast. 
Oh. Out of their own comfort and out of, you know, maybe a little bit of convenience, but we turned the day Alex turned one, we flipped him around from rear facing to front facing. It's oh yeah. One. Nobody Yeah. That was the age. It's two now, isn't it? Now no, it's one. Now, well, two no, is recommended, I think, but now legally saying, it's one. We now, did it at one. Matt, you waited until your kid was three and a half. I remember that. Oh, she's still facing the back. <laughs> um, but it was the whole booster seat move. Like, we moved into booster seats, I think, too soon. Matt, if you look at Ellie, you just saw her. You're in my house tonight, so you saw Ellie. Would mm-hmm. Would you think she should still be in a car seat? God, no. She's a child, human okay. person. Well, yeah. she should be. She should still be in a booster. You're kidding. Should she be in a boot? She should still be in a booster. I actually don't know based what a on her height is. and like the little plastic thing you sit in a Pizza Hut. Yes, yeah, exactly. Kind of. But it's to get you up higher so that the seatbelt falls in the right place. Oh, so the seatbelt doesn't cut you off. She hated it so really? much that we 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 dropped it. We're like, okay, fine, don't use the booster anymore. And so I feel like would I you could, get a ticket? I don't think so. If they weighed her, if they yeah, if they, they ID'd her. So, you know, um, but that's never going to happen. But she's just going to feel bad if she dies in a car accident. But they've the moved everything way... up now. They have. They want you to keep your kid in a booster seat till twelve. <laughs> twelve years I'm old. I'm not lying. But you drive a car at fifteen. So right. you sit. Exactly. In a, you sit in a baby seat until you're twelve, and then like one second later, later, you get to drive the car. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you might need a booster seat to drive it. Booster seat. Look right here, Matt. Here, look at this age. Anywhere between four up to twelve. Booster seat for all children, not for little well, people. Well, I mean, it te- it depends a little bit on size. Is there a weight thing? Um, Is it weight or height? It, it's height more than anything. You want to keep your child in it until they're until they're big enough or tall enough that the What's seat the belt sits across. It's dependent on your car because some cars have it where you you can lower the shoulder belt. Sure, you know. So if you can do that, then I guess. You know. So it's crap. The whole thing is crap. It's all it's it's all just a ploy to get you to buy booster seats. Mm-hmm. For a couple extra years, because no cop is ever going to write you a ticket. If you're in an accident, chances are your car is equipped to deal with it. Yeah, it's crap. So there are people who probably do make their kids stay in a booster seat till they're 12 years old. Could you imagine the kind of crap they get from their friends? You know, these, they're like kissing girls, and they're in a booster seat. Oh wow! Well, they're probably right. not kissing girls. If they're no, in a they're not. Seat. They're not kissing girls. <laughs> hey, baby. Now that they mention that booster seat, they're not. <laughs> Take a break from making a Pinterest board of the lions you've killed and find us on social media. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts, and follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at The Dad Test. Also, send us a question or comment for the Paternity Test mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our new phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. For the price of a dime, you can always turn us on. And now it's time for, hey, remember the past? That's where we point out things that used to exist but don't anymore. This week, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Power on. Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Earth 2147. The legacy of the Metal Wars. When man fought machine and machines won. Soldiers of the future. Were you guys familiar at all with Captain Power back in the day? This is 1987 that this ran. I don't know how I missed this. I'm, I, I really don't have a memory of Captain Power, but it was right up my oh, yeah. alley of everything I did. The show was syndicated, so you kind of had to find the hmm. TV show. Yeah. The toys, however, 
are a really underrated thing, and that's why I thought they might be worth mentioning on the show. So the, to- the toys were this miraculous mixture of like a G.I. Joe Star Wars kind of thing and laser tag. Okay. So you had the two main things that they sold were the good guy jet and the bad guy jet, and you had mm-hmm. action figures, and you put the action figure in the jet. But the jet had a handle on the bottom, and it was also a laser tag gun. You could play it against your friend and just shoot lasers at each other. So you could take the jets and you could shoot the lasers at each other, and you had a, n- a number of hit points on the jet. And when you ran out, so if you got shot too many times by your friend, the jet exploded. It ejected the guy. Oh, uh, this but, is ringing a major bell right now. Well, it also came, there were, there were as a good guy fort and a bad guy fort that shot uh-huh. lasers. And there was tanks, and they shot lasers. And you, So you could just line the toys up and shoot them at each other with your friend and blow the toys up. Or wow. you could play against the show. Like, what? while it was broadcasting, the TV show would shoot lasers at your toys, and what? the toys would explode. Or you could buy it on VHS, and when you played the VHS tape, it would shoot lasers at your toys and blow them up. And you could shoot at the TV and score points by hitting targets on the show with your toy. I don't even know how that worked with 80s technology. I don't know how it works with 2015 technology. <laughs> <laughs> kind of probably the same way that Duck Hunt worked. But that TV wasn't shooting back. You were shooting at it. This shot back. Your VHS tape... Shot back. The only VHS tape that I know that does anything to you is the one with the little Japanese girl that climbs out of the well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they must have that same technology. They're probably the ones responsible for that technology. <laughs> one could only assume. I haven't looked on eBay to see what these things are like on the aftermarket, and I don't know if they still work if you were to have one now. And he had, I didn't have any of them, but my cousin had all of them, and he also had a VHS tape. One was called the Tower of Seer, S-E-E-R. And so you played this mission where you were shooting and you were flying through a bunch of super space-age skyscrapers and all these evil robots are trying to kill you and you were shooting back and when it got to the end of the mission and it panned back you realized that the tower of seer was the sears tower and that you were in post-apocalyptic chicago fighting against robots this stuff was it was so cool it was my planet of the apes moment as a 10 year old well i was reading a little bit about it and they said that most of the stations because it was syndicated who bought it assumed they were just getting a kid's show and so put it on at kid show times and then didn't realize how dark it really was it's a lot of death. One of the main characters got killed the first season, like sacrificed herself yeah, and got blown had... up. I was watching the, a documentary on it today. There's a documentary on YouTube. They're talking about bringing the show back. I don't know if that's realistic or not. But they had a, that bad guy, Lord Dread, looked just like a Borg. And, and the writers Any of the show... Any relation to Judge Dredd? Uh, he was his non... He didn't have a law degree, but he was his cousin. But J. Michael Straczynski, the famous Amazing Spider-Man and Superman uh, writer was the head writer for the show. And they said that they truly believed that Star Trek ripped the Borg off of Captain Power. Wow. <laughs> and of course, it has a stupid name. Like, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future is a very stupid, very 50s name. Lord right. Dread is stupid. Volcania is stupid. Really? Who's naming? You know what? we got to call this Volcania. What? Really? Because that sounds really on the nose, sir. Yeah, there's no chance that the bad guys live in Steubensville or Flushing right. or, or, you know, Pleasant Jamestown. Meadows. No, he lives yeah. in Volcania. <laughs> and the main guy's name is it's not just Captain Power. It's not a nickname. His name was Jonathan Power, and then he became right. a captain. That's so First, silly and kitty, and it sounds like Captain Video or something, right? Yes, it sounds a lot Video. like Captain Video. <laughs> they call him Soldier of the Future. They didn't come from the future, did they? They live in the future. Yeah, they didn't time travel. They so live in their present. To, they live in their own present, so how could they be soldiers of the future? It's really optimistic. They're soldiers of our future. They, but we're all dead. When this is taking place. The guy in the intro touts it as soldiers of the future came to save us from Lord Dread. All right, guys, let's roll out. Remember, we're soldiers of their future. There being people who are no longer alive. Corporal Jennifer Pilot Chase is a bit of all right, though. 
She is. You know what? She's still good looking. I saw her in the documentary, and yep. for have, 30 years haven't passed. She's even hotter now. There you go. All those laser beams keep you young. So I don't know. I, I would really love if there's a listener who has any Captain Power toys. Uh, we'd love to know if they still work. We'd love to know if you were into Captain Power back in the day. But this is one we missed out. I, I, it was not a major. Everybody had Transformers. Everybody had He-Man, right? Everybody had G.I. Mm-hmm. Joe. But Captain Power, that one kind of came and went and underrated. If you look at the graphics on this, mm-hmm. you will not believe that it was made in 1987. And you will not believe that it was just syndicated, that it wasn't some sort of ABC Saturday morning show. Yeah, because the, the CGI, what year is Money for Nothing, the Dire Straits video? Like two seconds before this, probably four years before this. Yeah, it was it was early 80s. Because this was really good. I mean, yeah, not really, really good, good, but like really yeah. good for 1987, for sure. Right. Tron was five years old when this came out. It was like 82. They were capable of it, but that's Disney getting behind something. This is just Bob and Martha putting on a TV show, exactly. I'm assuming. And so, they said they never had. I mean, Mattel was the toy company, and obviously it was to sell toys. This is one of those things where it was one of those very cynical 80s make a show to sell the toys. But then right. they hired a bunch of comic writers who said, how about we make it as good as we can? You know, they right. were just yeah. in it for the check. They're like, how about we actually make this good, even though it's called Captain Power and it's made to sell toys? How about we put our hearts into it? And then they had this crazy dark show. And it was the first time they did composite. You know, it was like Who Framed Roger Rabbit of CG because the, the robot bad guys are CG. Yeah. The, the humans are people yeah. in weird suits. Pretty impressive. It's pretty crazy. You should take a look. Now, oh, we should, before we shut this down, the commercial for it, terrifying. My new cake mix. We have the power on. And it's so delicious. I think we're getting through, Captain. What year? 1987, I think. Try it. Hello to anybody watching. This is Captain Power. Jonathan Power. Do you read? We have a situation here. The year is 2147. Human life is threatened by bio-dreads. They follow a Lord Dread. I need your help. I have instructions. Please pay attention. Weekly program transmissions on TV begin September. Great. I thought the Adam Walsh story was distressing. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, people, uh, we have freaked out by that. That that was not a. It looks like Andy Kaufman directed it. Yeah, right. Because it's like a right. big, uh, very advanced prank. It was like when Max Headroom took over all the airwaves in Chicago and like spanked himself with a fly swatter because it was weird right. pirates. Like <laughs> you're a little kid and you're watching cartoons. You're watching Inspector Gadget, and then somebody comes on and says they're from the future, and that a cartoon's going to come on that's going to shoot at them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if you turned the cartoon on and you didn't have the toy, you felt like crud, right? Kinda. Like, shoot now, shoot now. Oh. <laughs> this guy yelling at you to get your gun out. Wish my dad had a job so I could save the future. <laughs> I've got a child and access to the media, which makes me an expert on everything. Catch my monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine, and read our paternity test blog every week at ChicagoParent.com. And now it's time for Mr. Manners, the portion of the show where you learn about raising little ladies and gentlemen. Well, my family and I, on our way to Florida this year, we stopped in Atlanta 
to go to the Georgia Aquarium. We've heard Atlanta, Atlanta. We've heard nothing but great things about the Georgia Aquarium. Everyone's like, you got to stop there. You got to stop there. We decided that we were going to drive through the night. Instead of driving in the morning and getting partway there, we decided we're going to drive through the night, get there in the morning when it opens, and then that way we don't lose a day of vacation. We can still get to Florida on time. If so, you live. If we live <laughs> through it, which we did. Driving down was easy. It's the way back where we wanted to kill ourselves. So we're at the Georgia Aquarium. It is amazing. It, I mean, it was well worth driving through the night and risking all of our lives. Now, I'm impressed that you're I'm so amazed by this because one of the problems with – like we live in Chicago. Yeah. Pretty decent city. Mm-hmm. So the trouble with going to other cities is that we've kind of got like we've got a great aquarium, we've mm-hmm. got a great natural history museum, we've got it, you know. So you go you to think we have a good aquarium. They've got a great aquarium. Really? Yeah, they put the shed to shame. They put the shed to shame. Yeah, they have this. One of their displays is uh, whale sharks, which are humongous, and they've got. Are they whales that are sharks or sharks that are whales? I believe they are or half and half. More whales than they're whales. But they call them whale sharks. They're Maybe they're sharks. Are, whales no, are mammals. Sharks. sharks are fish, right? Yeah. Sharks are fish. They have gills. Whales yeah. are mammals. See, I didn't learn a lot there, but I just saw these amazing fish. Maybe you so. need another trip to the shed because I think <laughs> yeah. they teach you that there. They're overnighter. I know your, hot, your highfalutin racist southern aquarium is, is all sexy <laughs> to you right now, but you've lost sight of your they roots. Had a, they had a Confederate whale shark. <laughs> <seal>. <laughs> Like the General Lee floating underwater. <laughs> this fish is called the Scarlet O'Hara. We were as long as well as the rest of the people that we, you know were around us, constantly going like, "Ooh, ah, what cool things!" And we're looking at the beluga whales, right? Which are very cool. They're the, very, the white things. I don't know if you've seen. There's a video online that people repost on Facebook a lot of like a beluga whale, and they like to interact with the people in the, at the tanks, you know. Uh, so they'll come up to the glass and like and like. So anybody here from out of town? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Save me. <laughs> Kill me. There's a video of one like coming up to a kid and then like opening his mouth real fast like, to scare it. You know, really cool Opening the kid's mouth or opening? Well, the, the blue whale opens <laughs> its mouth really fast. It doesn't, yeah. So so we're in the beluga whale viewing area, right? We're looking at the, and one of the beluga whales poops in the water, right? Sure. And people laugh about it. Oh, look, he pooped. Ha ha, he pooped. I and poop. It pooped. We're standing next to this. We're standing next to this. Namaste. I recognize the Buddha nature in both of us. <laughs> <laughs> and we're standing next to this family with two very small children, probably uh, maybe four and six. I believe one of my kids pointed out that the beluga whale pooped. And one of, you hear the, the four-year-old next to me, four-year-old boy next to me go, he pooped. He pooped. He f- Pooped. <laughs> we have to bleep it out for the show, but it's the F word, right? He's a, you know, <laughs> like, it was so loud. And I turned, Kelly and I turned at each other and look at each other. And our kids are right next to us, right? I make eye contact with, with Kelly. I turn and I make eye contact with Alex, and then I turn and I make eye contact with the mom. And then and the he turns and he made eye contact with the beluga whale. And the beluga whale, <laughs> the beluga whale just shakes his head. The beluga whale looked at the kid and sort of <laughs> raised one eyebrow. So I made eye contact with the mom. There was like a definite exchange of, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, what? what? <laughs> and so then she like immediately grabs the child arm, you know, don't say that. No, 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 you can't say that, you know, and I... Um, to death. <laughs> well, she wanted to, I think, 
But at the same time, a kid just doesn't say that. Like, that's not the first time he's ever said that word. Right. One of two things is happening. Either the kid is some kind of sociopath and the mom wants to kill him but can't because you can't, you're only allowed to kill your kids in the home. Or the mom totally lets the kid talk like that, talks like that at home, and is mostly mad at you for catching her. Yeah. I right. guess, but yeah, for looking at her and making her shake her child, mm-hmm. like she had, she felt obligated to shake the child in front of everybody, like she cared that he did that. But man, you know, you're like Hawkeye making that lady kill the baby on the bus. <laughs> well, the other the other option is the dad lets the kid swear, and the mom doesn't approve of it, and now she's the one who has to be embarrassed out in right. public all the time. And that's why he lives well, in an apartment, constantly dropping f bombs. And well, the question is. How long was the stare between you and her before she got it? It was like a three second stare, and all of a sudden she was like, "Oh no, she got oh, it!" Oh yeah, Jeremy. No, 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 she got it right away. <laughs> she looked pretty embarrassed. She looked pretty embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly and I never said anything to our kids like that. Should have been a teaching moment where we said to them, like, you know, the next time we were just alone with our kids. And hey. this is why you don't swear at whales. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, it's time for another episode of the Paternity Test to use yesterday's bottle to feed today's hungry child. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test, like us on Facebook, and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com and call our voicemail at 657-BAD-DADS. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. If you'd like to shorten the pledge drive by donating money, we've got a donate button on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, whatever doesn't kill you from drinking out of the playground water fountain will probably just start eating at your brainstem in three months. And until next time, best of luck on passing the paternity test. (laughs) 